Hey guys, everybody, welcome to Biomast episode 15. Uh, if you're listening to this, you're probably doing it on iTunes or YouTube. Uh, we are uh, not live streaming this week and maybe not next week, uh, but we will be posting this up and pinging everybody on uh, Twitter and on the forum. So appreciate everybody that's bearing with us. And uh, Ian, thanks a lot. And usually these the, the shows where we don't stream or don't have a big live audience, it becomes kind of interesting for, for whatever reason, you get more relaxed on it. But uh, we've got a, uh, I think a, a pretty fun lineup tonight. Uh, a couple things we're going to talk about um, will be some of the activities in the CP, CPM1, and we'll turn that over to uh, a couple of our CPM1 candidates to kind of talk through that. Or correction, I guess you're not candidates anymore. You're, nope. you're really CPM guys, which is mildly scary. But um, you, you, you did the same same spiel for like you know ten ten weeks. So it's, oh, I know, yeah, I know. It's, 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 I'm, it's I'm actually. Just, just, just glad we're into kind of steady state operations at this point. So um, we've got, uh, I'll run down the guest list here in a second, but we're going to talk a little bit about some of the activities of the CPM. Like literally what are they doing in terms of uh, what are their agenda items, uh, talking to CCP and things like that. Uh, we're also obviously going to talk about the releases for Hot Fix Charlie. Uh, the final numbers that CCP Ritati le- released, or at least, what appears to be the 98% final numbers uh, he's posted. He's put a Google Docs up. A lot of people have seen it and commented on it. Uh, and we're going to talk through that a little bit. And we'll probably have a little bit, a little bit of fun uh, with a few other things at the end of the show. But uh, with that, what I'd like to do is we're, uh, go ahead and start right out with uh, intros. And after that, we'll push right into CPM1 Roundup. Uh, so cross a two. Howdy, I'm Cross2, still with OSG, sort of in perpetuity, and I'm going to give a brief unscripted shout out here to um, one of our biomass green room frequent flyers and remind him that he is indeed Mr. Bigglesworth in disguise. Oh, well played. <laughs> Iron Wolf. Hello, I'm Iron Wolf Saber. I'm CP1 um, Alex still, and just messing around in my own little. Well, it's all a corp still. Okay. Hey, um, and Pokey? I'm Pokey Draven, CEO of OSG Planetary Operations and co-host here on Biomast. Soraya? Yep. Um, I'm Soraya Zell. I'm an alliance leader of the Top Men Alliance, and uh, I'm also a member of the Bastion and EVE Online. I'm a uh, co-host here on uh, Biomast, and I'm a member of CPM1. Nice. And Zatara? Hello. Uh, my name is Zatara, and uh, I am a member of CPM1. Yeah, that was Princess Zatara. He's he's trying desperately to work through the whole voice comms thing. I know it's okay though. Um, and I'm Jason Laris, and I'm a co-host here on Biomast, and I'm a member of OSG Planetary Operations on the uh, dust side. And I am currently looking for corp on the east side. So if anybody's got any ideas, throw me a link. Uh, and what we're going to be talking about tonight, like I said, is a little bit of CPM1 uh, roundup business. Uh, and then we'll move into a few other topics. So with that, what I'd like to do is turn it over to Soraya Zell. And b- before I do that, a quick reminder. So as I, as I do my, my beer math here, we've got one, two, three, four, four CPM members um, that, that will be here. So one of the things that I've asked them to do before they get on the show um, I think probably about every week you're going to, you're going to get uh, probably Soraya leading off a sort of uh, what, what's been going on in the CPM, you know, so what are they talking about or what are the things that they can let the players know that they're actively engaging CCP on. 
but one of the things I did ask him to do is make sure that like when one of them is bringing up a particular issue or is sort of the lead dog for one of the big issues or something. So if Sarai is the guy who's going to work on tanks because he hates tanks or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then, then, but what it, what it should do is for, for you guys out in the audience is it, it lets you know, it's just saying uh, instead of, uh, you know, Hey, all random CPM guys, please answer my question. You can target your comments to them and, and that will probably help them, um, you know, carry your message or at least get your, get your feedback to CCP or, or make sure that it's circulated in the right way. And they're probably also eventually going to be the guys who get, are going to be able to give you the best answer on that given topic, just because it'll be something that they might be championing. Now, all of the CPM members will probably be able to answer something about anything, but like usual, you will find a few that are really, really good at some things. Uh, or pay more attention because that's where their specialties lie or where they have the biggest voice. So with that, what I'd like to do is turn this over to Soraya and let him take it away. Yeah, um, I was just going to um, uh, go with uh, what we uh, got done this week pretty much was we uh, we got to meet with uh, CCP Rotati. Um, and uh, it was at a particularly unholy hour of the morning. Um, I, I, I think there's a special place for people who make me get up at that time. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it, it was uh, expect more of those. Yeah. Well, it 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 was a though a really a really great meeting, and uh, I I just have to say that it, um this is my you know my first time meeting directly uh with uh CCP Rotati, and he is incredibly approachable about pretty much anything you you throw out there at him. Um, and so I think we had a good productive discussion we talked you know obviously about uh what what was coming in charlie it's not a, really a period where we could um throw extra things in for charlie though of course um so we were of course talking about um what's what's next on the docket as well um but uh it was you know really really good discussion um i think all of us got a few different items in there that that he was taking notes on um so the the big thing to encourage people is is if you have a, a specific you know piece of feedback of where you would like to see um you know what you need to see in hot fixes coming forward please get it to uh one of your cpm one members um because we, we will try and get it in front of them i am groot excellent excellent just so everybody knows we, we will be injecting a series of those throughout the uh the audio cast so actually, I did have a question for you, Soraya, if you don't mind. Um, is there, if you guys, like between you and Cross and uh, Iron Wolf and Zatara, is there, um, is there anything you can share with the audience in terms of like, what are the one or two things that are kind of on your initial agenda that you are going to be focusing some of your uh, engagements with the community on and CCP on in terms of things you want feedback on or things specifically you would like to, to kind of take on, uh, obviously understanding that you, you're still getting your feet under you and you're, you're, you're kind of working through, I, uh, you know, all the initial throws of getting it, uh, the CPM one, you know, up at a high hover right now. So, uh, I'd really just kind of like to tee that off. How about you, Soraya? Well, uh, you know, you know my long-term thing, which is is to uh, jump up and down on on the need for a link between Eve and Legion. But um, like uh, in in the real short term, I think that the big question that's going to be really good for people to have feedback on, um, uh, especially as as Charlie itself um, rolls out, is how uh, how people feel about uh, 
swarm and dropship balance. It's you know it's been an interesting topic of discussion, and obviously um, that's that's kind of one of those things that uh, it took a while to get to addressing. And I'm very curious how it's going to work out in practice personally. Um, so you know it, it actually has been a very lively discussion too um, in terms of uh, uh, vehicle and anti-vehicle balance. Um, you know we've had some of us go back and forth on it. Um, you know, I'm of course always um, uh, much, much to some people's disappointment. I like nerfing vehicles, but um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's people to debate me on that, so it's good. I, I think, I think it's good that um, uh, to have people that disagree on topics. So, I can yeah. personally tell you, like one of the things that um, that I've <clears throat> definitely wanted to to put forward um, has been I, I've been saying this for a little while, um, and that's it's one of these we're we're talking mostly about you know this this meeting was mostly about you know hot fixable things. Um, this isn't changing the 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 landscape of dust drastically or anything like that. It's not um, things that are re- going to require one point nine. Um, this is just things that are that are on the you know plausibly on the table. And um, one of the things that I brought up was um, removing the splash from large rail turrets. Um, this has just been a, you know, a frustration of mine for a long time that, uh, rail tanks have seemingly been able to cover, um, object outside objectives, uh, with a rail tank, you know, uh, feasibly because without any, without any worry about whether they're having to aim the shot or not, because as long as they're hitting the broad side of the barn inside the objective, the splash will kill you in four hits before you can get a hack off. Um, so that's definitely something I've, that I've definitely wanted to put forward. And it is something that I mentioned to, uh, CCP Rattati. Okay. Um, go ahead, guys. I'm still spending all of my time just sort of wallowing in the concept of emergence. I don't think anyone's shocked by my addiction continuing, but kind of breaking that down outside of jargon, um, looking at more content for Dust. Obviously, we don't have the option to add stuff in the strictest sense right now with uh, UI limitations and client limitations as far as updates, but adding in some of the potential content that was there with better balance, improving content that's present, like working on role health and equipment improvements, so forth. Um, I've really gotten to enjoy working with Sir Manboy on this, and it's been kind of pleasant getting to know him more directly because it seems like we have a lot of the same ideas here, um, possibly sometimes to the chagrin of a couple of our fellow CPMs, but as Soraya mentions, that's all good for the game balance as well. And then uh, working with Judge, learning dropship stuff, just because it's one of my weak areas. So having him kind of give me some pointers and show me how to actually fly has been an interesting experience as well. Kind of shake the tree a bit. Yeah, um, one of the things I just want to throw in there um, is uh, j- just a, an answer to, I know that uh, during during campaigning, uh, me and Judge didn't didn't exactly hit it off, um, but uh, we've actually had some really great conversations, um, and uh, I, I've been impressed. I think it's I think it's been uh, you know a good conversation with everybody I've I've dealt with so far um, in the group. So yeah, I definitely echo that. Um, I admit that I had certain concerns going in about the potential for excessive friction that would make things less than constructive in chambers, and I have been just universally pleasantly surprised by how well everyone's actually working together, calling out their own biases and engaging in constructive conversation, regardless of the topic. Oh, that, that's usually a good sign anytime you're trying to go through the whole forming, storming, norming process. So um, I, I, 
I, I'm, that's actually one of the things I'm really glad you guys are saying is that was a, a concern I had, at least I know when I made my ballot, I really looked, even though you, technically only one of your votes really counted, um, I was really looking when I laid on that seven person ballot of the seven folks that would probably work the best as a group or as a unit. So at least that was how, how my, my thought process went. So I was really, I'm really glad to hear that you guys think you're, you're starting to gel a little bit, even this early on. So I think that's a, that's a solid thing. Well, and one of the wonderful things was uh judge actually approached, um, uh, you know, me in particular, and I don't know if you approached uh, anyone else, but, and we just had a, a really cool conversation and um, there was just definitely some, some things during the campaign that I, I wondered about, you know, um, when I came to voting about who would not only who would be able to contribute effectively and in, in, and in what capacity, but also, you know, that, that teamwork dynamic was a, was a concern, um, on the table and I, I have no concerns or qualms at all. Like I, everyone that I've, that I've seen and worked with has just been a really, really, it's been wonderful. Good deal. Um, Iron Wolf, anything in particular that you're, uh, I guess not really taking up the uh, taking up the charge for, but uh, continuing the push for in dust. Yeah, so I'd like to see at least standard dropships become useful in transporting people again because they've been like left out in the dirt in that role for a very long time. Okay, well, I mean that's that's all pretty good stuff. Uh, you know, I, I really appreciate you guys actually having a conversation with us, and uh, one of the one of the good things that. Uh, Hopefully, we'll be able to sustain the podcast over time and give you guys a couple of different outlets. Uh, are any of you looking at blogging or putting up anything uh, semi-formal or you know, sort of like the the, the routine um, the routine forum posts or anything like that? Have you guys started to talk about how you want to uh, engage the community in in a sort of a systematic way? We briefly we briefly brought it up, but we we haven't really made any decisions on that. Um, I mean, I personally would kind of like to see uh, some sort of central repository of, of information when we when we uh, speak, even if it's not uh, even you know even if it's posted from elsewhere or something. Um, one of my my personal things is uh, anything that's said in a podcast or a video or whatever I think should should also be posted. Um, I think it's ideal to have um, things in, in multiple mediums for people. So. One thing that I, I was – so essentially there was a uh, – one of the, the um, avenues of information that um, me and SMB share um, is on Reddit. We use the, uh, the Dust514 subreddit um, frequently. Both him and I have a uh, – I see him a lot on there with me just talking it up. And um, somebody mentioned that as well, like, you know, how – are you going to do an RSS feed or something like that? And so um, I've essentially come to the conclusion that I think what I'm going to do is just set up a blog and um, – just basically create, you know, topic points and how I feel about a certain subject. And um, at the same time, I think I'm going to have a different section of it that just essentially goes through. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through and search on a daily basis the other members of the CPM and myself and then link their posts that they've posted to any topics or of interest that I feel are important. And then basically lay out my opinion on what they've said or something like that. And, you know, not critique them, but essentially just maybe like a stamp of approval from, from old Zatara here or something like that, where it's, it's just my comment on, uh, or just relaying the information on the blog. Cause I think that, you know, people, people do want to know, um, 
have an interest individually on you know where we stand on things, and um, I think that it's important that we try and give as many avenues as we can for the player base to understand. Hey, we're actually involved. Yes, we do care because oftentimes it feels like even just in the beginning moments of of entering the CPM term proper, um, that a lot of this is behind. You know that nothing, no one is ever going to know exactly what you know our contribution is. And um, so I think trying as much as possible to make you know our 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 be as involved as plausible is going to be crucial to uh, helping the player base understand that we do care. You know. No, I think that's a, that's probably a, a good roundup of that. Um, any other thoughts, uh, real quickly, from the CPM members, guys? If we didn't already mention it, SMB uh, Sir Manboy did. Uh, I knew that he could wish he could have been here, but um, I know he's going to want to have told you that uh, he will be pushing for team deploy a lot, and uh, for faction warfare specifically. That's one thing that I think he's is going to be a frequent thing that he's going to push, and uh, that was something that you know he planned to go into that meeting with and and did mention it. Cool. Well, I mean, I mean, I know that there's been some interesting talk about that previously in terms of. Um, there is a there is a school of thought I, I think by some of the CPM zero that if you had team deployment faction warfare it would break it, and and that's a very difficult thing for me to to wrap my head around because it doesn't seem like that would necessarily be the case. Uh, but anyway, I, I I personally applaud that effort if that's what he's going to take up and charge with. I'm I'm a hundred percent supporter of that. Uh, so I'll be interesting to to see how that goes, and I'll definitely be following it. Um, so with that, what I'd like to do, guys, is um, go, go ahead, Carlson. Right. Just one, one other quick comment to interject here, and my council bros can call me on this if, if I'm in error, but it's not any specific individual council member's champion point, but I think that all of us have kind of taken a real interest in faction warfare generally and the uh, Eve Dust and future Eve Legion link and kind of trying to make sure that when we're talking about Dust and when we're talking about the future for Legion and you know just the community in general, that it really is a more integrated New Eden community and is a lot more robust than you know, just an FPS in a New Eden skin, that this game, regardless of if you're saying Dust or Legion, offers something unique to the players who are part of it. And that's something that, even though it's not a single council member's thing, I really think shouldn't be overlooked as far as something that we're neck deep in already and trying to make sure we're engaging CCP on. Yep, I agree. And I think that Soraya made a really good point of, uh, I don't know if he was the first one to break, to uh, present the, the quote that I'm, that I'm going to tell you here, but essentially he said, you know, Dust is dust without the Eve uh, link, or sorry, Legion without an Eve link is essentially just going to be another shooter in a in a wave of shooters. And I really like that because I think it's very true. And um, I think that's important to remember that you know that Eve link is going to be that crucial because of that fact. And uh, I think that that I needs to be that. Me though, I think I just wasn't that it. you. I don't know. Oh dang it! Well, I'm misspoking here, but um. But yeah, that that point is is really poignant, and uh, it's something that has affected me because I had never heard it, you know, eloquently said in such you know short verbiage or what have you. But no, I think uh, I think that's I probably misspoke when I when I called out Sir Manboy on that after you teed that up, Zatara. It's literally, um, you, you know, I acknowledge that like that like good ideas will generally be uh, supported probably by the bulk of the council, I suspect. Uh, and you know, by the bulk of the player base, you know, it's definitely no one individual that's leading the charge on it. But it's, it, it, you know, I was probably oversimplifying when I said that. But I, 
you know, I know for me, just when I hear somebody, when I hear you guys talking about wanting to take that forward as something to do in faction warfare, or, you know, I assume that's where it's at, then uh, that's something I've wanted. It would make it a whole lot easier to do things. It really, you know, fosters, um, I, th I think it really fosters and incentivizes the corp and alliance structure when you do that. I know mean, because there's always the thought that it's like, hey, you know, you don't want to, you know, pub stomp people with like QSync or with like a team deploy function. I, I don't know if anybody's played Faction Warfare like, in, oh, I don't know, like since ever. But it, it, in my in my mind, I think it would be, it would actually lend you to um, defending yourself more because you're more apt to like actively seek to get people on your team that you've worked with before. So uh, just a thought. Uh, but with that, you know, what I'd like to do guys is kind of hop over to the uh, Hotfix Charlie Jazz. Uh, we did see the, what looks to be the final list of numbers and topics that laid out uh, for Hotfix Charlie. And there was a few of them that kind of surprised me in terms of like, because I wasn't able to keep up on all the, I like how he does, he uses individual threads for the different kind of subtopics of the Hotfix. And it did make it a little bit uh hard to hard to keep them all kind of in my hand you know where i could kind of look look through them all uh so i actually missed a couple of them uh, i didn't even realize they were being talked about uh but i think what it also does is probably gives him a really focused way of getting feedback on uh very specific elements that he wants to address in the hotfix pro process so um with that what i'll do is i'll pull up kind of the uh the hotfix general topic list and then kind of like just quickly work my way down them and you know if you guys want to chime in while i'm reading them or we can get all through them it doesn't matter uh but i think it'll be uh i think it's a pretty neat looking list right now i don't i don't know if i agree with all of it but that's kind of it's probably okay uh because i doubt you're going to have a single player out there that'll agree with everything in there all right so the first thing i noticed is uh a lot of changes to turrets now we've talked about that here on the show quite a bit uh, but buff it's the a, turrets. Buff, yeah, it's, well, it's a massive buff to turrets. Um, I am Groot. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was apparently planned without my knowledge. Um, so, um, the it, it is important, by the way, that we specify um, that turrets are the guns on that are on tanks and installations. But um, when specifically speaking of the the stationary objects, um, those are installations. Um, because they actually, I guess, um, one of the, we are, are we making that, is it that the turrets are becoming more alike each other or something um, between vehicles and installations or, or something? No, I, I don't, I, well, I can't remember. This um, is actually, Pokey could probably help us out. I'm gonna, I'll read it to you. And I, and I do not know if this is how they've made the halves, but it says large blaster turret dispersion decay at max dispersion has been increased. Increasing the rate of accuracy recovery at higher dispersion levels. That's a lot of interesting words that I'm not entirely sure I know what, what they mean in terms of actual gameplay. Um, and, and I'm very curious if anybody does know, by the way. Well, this the way, the way, is where the Black Jackal would have been so useful because he actually works with Unreal 3 and would actually explain all these numbers to us. Well, actually, the names of them. Uh, the way okay, I, well, Poke, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, the, the way I'm reading it is basically the... Uh, the dispersion, like the, the the maximum spread that the turret can get, has been increased. But when it reaches those high levels of dispersion, it's going to recover and shrink down a lot faster than it currently is. Because right now, once you get that that dispersion up, it takes forever to actually get back down to, to reasonable levels. So I think they're making it so you can't have 
sustained fire, but you can actually get back to uh, you know a, a more reasonable accuracy quicker. So it's it encourages burst firing opposed to you know long sustained shots and waiting forever to actually you know, come back. So I think that's good. It's going to make it more of a suppression weapon and not so much a shoot five bullets then wait for twenty seconds to actually be able to hit anything again. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Well, here's my here's my one question. When you mentioned that, like, have they clarified whether the so when they mentioned like the max decay has been increased, have they stretched out the time to that so that the decay um, that that increase of decay is added on to the time that it already takes, or will the essentially the the length of time that it gets that it takes to get to that max decay new level the same amount of time that it used to get to the old one? That's, Does that make sense? I, I, you know, that's a good question. I don't have the answer. Because if to that. they if they increased it, then if they increase the time uh, to allow the you know essentially, then it's just you could go to you could only get the same dispersion level if you held it if you essentially went to the same time that it took to get to that old dispersion level. But if you didn't increase the time and you just basically had the same time length and adapted it so that you get to a higher dispersion in the same amount of time that it takes to get to max dispersion currently, then you're gonna have more dispersion in in essentially less in essentially the same time as as this patch which is bad you know what i mean yeah like i, I get you're saying like that's a good question you should Man, it's a lot ask, of words in there should, you know what i mean <laughs> i, I get what <laughs> that you're can saying, be convoluted but, yeah you you should definitely ask them though because that's that's a real good question to find out basically saying is that the time to reach max dispersion the same or has it been increased with the increased spread well, so i did i did pull up the spreadsheet and i i you know I truly hate spreadsheets, like with a, with a distinct passion. That's why I don't mind or doing that shit in Eve. Uh, but I can read you the numbers. It says decay at max. And this is the current, by the way, pre pre Charlie. Decay at max is 0.8. Decay at min is 0.3. I don't know what that numbers mean, number means, but when you look at the highlighted numbers, where it says proposed decay at max 2.5, and dec- d- proposed decay at min. Point three. What that tells me is whatever the decay at max is, they are like by a factor of like about 125, percent changing it. Whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. The question is just how long it takes to get to that decay. Because if it's if they if they just stretched it out and the same amount of time, then you're gonna you're actually gonna be way worse off than uh, essentially it will be. Like Pokey said, it'll be a burst fire weapon and be efficient. Um. Um. If they did not increase, if if they did increase the time essentially to, to achieve that decay, and it also means that, that decay is going to be implemented more slowly over time. Whereas you just essentially got to the max decay um, after whatever period of time, then you you were essentially at that decay proportional for however long you held a button until you had to reload. In in this sense, like it could be a, a major um, a major nerf if uh, if it gets up to that that like huge increase of decay over the same amount of time that it takes to get to decay right now, max decay right now. Okay. So that's a, that's a really important question to ask. And I think that I didn't even realize that it needed to be asked. I didn't know if it had already been answered somewhere, but I'll go figure well, that out. And, and to Sarai's point earlier, I'm reading the turret section. So my, now my big assumption is that it's turrets on installations and turrets on vehicles. Uh, it also notes that turrets will no longer slow their targets movement speed when hit. So I guess the, you know, the, the stun locking effect, which I know CCP really doesn't like you know, people using that term, but, uh, it looks like that's going to be addressed. Cause if you get hit by one of those large blaster rounds, if they're lucky enough to hit you right now, by the way, um, it, it will, it will definitely 
slow your slow your ability to recover and get out of there. Uh, but let's see. I, I, what I find interesting as I look in the turret things is they did touch a, that that whatever that massive that massive shift is in the uh, large blasters. But small blasters clearly are getting a buff, or at least they're making them much more practical uh, in terms of smaller dispersion growth, smaller maximum minimum dispersion. So it's it's a much more uh, looks like a much more accurate weapon. Uh, Looks like they're adjusting it where you have higher dispersion decay and lower dispersion when you're aiming down sights, which is pretty good positive. Uh, you're, it is increasing the heat buildup, which is probably pretty legit to get, give it more of a burst fire uh, sort of aspect to control the heat. Uh, but it's also increasing the damage, you know, fairly significantly from you know 38 38 per round to 44. So at a minimum, it's kind of up there at least with a, a solid you know plasma rifle, uh, which is probably about where it needs to be and and I think this is actually going to make small blasters quite quite useful. Uh, at least just reading the, the words on the paper here. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a there's a serious problem when the small railgun, which is supposed to be more of an AV weapon, is clearly the best infantry killer. I think that's a that's a big issue. I mean, I experienced that just the other uh, just a couple hours ago playing where this guy was tearing people apart with the the small rails. And I mean, anyone who's tried a small blaster can tell you they 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 can't hit shit. I mean, they're they're terrible. So I'm I'm really looking forward to see that change. I actually probably like to see a decrease in the fire rate to the rail as well, but uh, that can come at a later time. Yeah, I'm glad for the changes because uh, I I took the um, new blasters out for a spin when they got last touched and um they were like not hitting anything at almost point Couldn't blank. Couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, dude. Basically, I, I, I had a PC match last week where it was I was trying to use a, a large blaster on infantry for the first time. I was like, well, look, this is this is a waste of time. Like every once in a while, a shot would hit them, but they would regenerate health back, and it was it was more or less pointless. I mean, I couldn't even use it as a suppression weapon, which is just bad. Dude, and I can use a large blaster tank, like, and hit for the first three shots, and then sort of let it off, and then requeue it up. But, dude, small blasters on an ADS. Oh my gosh, dude, you can't hit anything with those things. It felt so pathetic, and it was embarrassing because they feel so freaking powerful. I've said this since they since they added the new thing, like the new uh, sights to them. They feel like uber powerful, but you can't hit anything with them. So that's. The hope is, is that at least like after this patch, if they hit, if they, as long as they can hit something, it sounds like they'll be really, really powerful. But um, I, I, that whole problem, this whole time with small blasters, has just been really frustrating for me. Well, while we're on the topic, kind of a just a thought for you guys. There's been a lot of talk recently on the forums about kind of introducing variants using the same art assets, kind of a, a type two sort of thing uh, for different vehicles, like, you know, having a, a type two Gunlaji that has different slots set up or to emulate a Mimitar tank. But another thought that's been kind of rolling around is uh, taking existing turrets and making variants that behave differently. Uh, so for example, like a blaster that behaves more like an HMG with a tightening, uh, a cone that tightens over time, opposed to the dispersion we got right now. I just kind of want to get you guys' thoughts on, Again, I, there's probably technical issues, but just trying to kind of emulate different uh, turret types to match racial, racial variants that we currently don't have using existing assets. And just kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Well, potential tech issues aside, there's actually been some discussion going on about doing that via the uh, loyalty point stores as potentially those are filled up so that we can key all the different new varieties essentially as, as you described them the statted differences to each race because then you already have a theme to go with on it 
that's good to hear because there's a lot of there's a lot of desire for for racial uh, vehicles and turrets and whatnot, and it may not look the part, but I think it can certainly behave the part, especially when you have existing behaviors in the game like the HMG. You can, I'm assuming, emulate that behavior with a turret as well. I do think there's some dislike of the concept of um, having a quote unquote racial variant that doesn't um, doesn't match. Um, appearance for that race um because it's hacky and um you know i as much as it it is nice to to look at it from the gameplay side only um from an appearance side um it i i don't know if it's a ideal type of thing and i don't know if it's something that i mean i have to say like is you know like the average joe player if you told me i could get a new widget that behaved differently um, whether it was in an old skin or not, I would really prefer the new widget. Or if your other option is to get nothing because they won't, they, they don't have the, the resources to put against it. That I, depends. I would, you, you know what I mean? What if the, what if the player can't tell the difference between a missile turret and a, some, I don't know, laser blaster tank gun thing because they don't have a new asset for it. So you don't know what you're going to get when you see something rolling up on you. Behaviorally, it has to be very similar enough in order to keep the uh, so-called advertising um, uh, well uh, well positioned for other players to actually observe that, hey, it's a blaster turret, it's going to shoot a lot of bullets at me, at least, regardless of what variety it is. Yeah, I mean, one thought that I was throwing around was the idea of having a, a blaster turret that fired more like a shotgun, where it was much shorter range, but not like a... Not like a rapid fire sort of thing that we have now, but more of a just a single burst of high damage at close range. And the behavior is the same that if you see something that looks like a blaster turret, it's going to screw you up at close range. I think that you know that that that's. I would totally agree with you, Zal. If we were still in a development phase where we could actually introduce new assets, but the fact of the matter is, is that we can't. But I still think there's a lot of stuff that can be done, and you can still get variants that make sense. And if you don't want to call it an Amar turret, you just want to call it a Type 2 or a you know a burst something, or if you want to call it something that, that actually matches the racial theme but still behaves like you would expect that other racial weapon to work, I think people would still like that. It's just they, they want the variance. I mean, I personally would love to have a, a tank with, with one high slot and four low slots. I think that'd be awesome because that would be like an Amar tank. I don't care if you call it Amar. I don't care if you paint it gold or pink or whatever. The fact is that I'd like to have that option because that's something I've looked forward to for, for quite a while. And so aesthetics aside, I think it's important to gameplay that we kind of push that sort of thing forward for the players because, I mean, there's a lot of discussion and a lot of people want stuff like that. Yeah, that, that's yeah. my read from the community. I mean, and obviously my knowledge isn't omnipresent or comprehensive. No one's is. But while clearly not having new art assets isn't ideal uh, and, you know, not being able to do everything from the ground up isn't ideal, there's a definite preference in all of the feedback I've been seeing and getting directed to me for getting new content, new play content into the game, even if it requires a little bit of uh, workaround in the current development environment. Because, I mean, people like the the, the, balance, the rebalancing and the hotfix. That's great. But if you really want to energize the community and make them feel like the game isn't dead, you give them something that's new within the limitations of what you can do development. You know, in, in terms of development. But if you give them something new with some variant, that's going to go a long way in helping morale, I think. I think that's something you should really push for. Okay, cool. Also, uh, also it's been one of those things that's been missing from vehicle gameplay is the ability to choose from different types of game styles. Because um, we used to have vehicle turns, but not anymore. 
Wait, can you clarify? You said vehicle. We used to have uh, different various kinds of vehicle turrets, such as the compressed railgun and oh, the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the scatter blaster. Yeah, no, yeah, you're actually, yeah, you're right. That's really true. When did they take that out? Because the scatter blaster, I swear, was here in like 1.4, right? They, they took them out. They rebalanced. Okay, it was 1.7. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not going crazy here. Yeah, because I didn't take vehicle much before 1.8 at all, and and even except for you know just taking an ADS to the city for PCs, but um. But yeah, you're right. Like I had forgotten about all of those things, and that's and that's low hanging fruit stuff because the stuff is still there. They haven't thrown those those assets away. Like scatter blasters, if they if you gave them a like a super huge RPM and then just made it so that it overheats like really hard, like you could you could totally make that into like a shotgun type thing that you know basically just shot out forward. But you know you got that one shot or two shots, and that's it. And you could do a boatload of damage. But that those types of things are are super super relevant and i think that that's that's really important to bring to the conversation like because um if it is something that the players want and it's something that the devs are you know are capable of putting back in like oh it's it should happen it should happen i agree okay well um let, let's kind of bounce bounce forward I, uh, since we just kind of talked through the turrets i would like to skip skip down the list to installations real quick uh massive buff to installations in terms of ehp couple other areas that they that they touched up on let's see okay yeah big ehp buff well, can we talk about that for just a sec yeah, um because i mean have any of you played final fantasy 14 yeah of course yes so um, what's the do you guys remember um on the the I, I don't remember man i haven't played it since last uh like the first month that it came out but because i was just grinding it and then they wouldn't let me play with uh psn money they had to i had to go on to square enix and i wasn't going to play with anything but psn money so i'd stop playing but suffice it to say the level fit like the the final run of the game um had like two like two parts i want to say and the first part that you had to go do you could grind over and over for tomes and at the end of it like the final boss you had to like go up to these cannons and stuff and then shoot at the lady boss do you know know what i'm talking about yeah you had to like go and take the ammo and it would go and fill up the cannons Dude, like that whole concept has just been repeated to me over and over in other games where like um, not exactly that way. I'm using that as a, you know, definitely a loose example, but there's been a ton of games where I've had where, you know, certain things happen where you need to go outside and use this in like this uh, stationary turret or something like that in order to to take down a problem. And the, that's the way that I've envisioned, you know, turrets in dust for at least for PC purposes for a long freaking time. Um you know, these types of things where, oh, crap, hey, dude, there's a freaking ADS over the city. Or, hey, dude, there's a tank right there. It's time to go out and go hit the turret up and go take care of it. Because not always are you, you know, capable of just dropping what you're doing and going all the way over to a supply depot in the city. And not always are you capable of having a ton of guys who can, you know, AV down, keep on AV the entire time. Now, thankfully, it's a bit more easy with commando suits. Um, but you know, it's just not plausible when, you know, in, in PC oftentimes. And so that's why you've had certain things where people have to, you know, set up forges on high towers and stuff. And that sort of gameplay became prominent because of the fact that you, you had to have players there to counter, uh, to play AV. And so anyway, the point being that these, the huge tr in, uh, installation HP buff is, is going to be a huge game changer for PC. Um, because those rail turrets will actually stay through, are plausibly capable of staying throughout an entire PC match. If a tank goes to go take them down, another tank is going to be able to find them unawares because it's going to take a long freaking time for the tank to feasibly take down the, the rail turret. 
um, or any any of the turrets. And so th this all like is super super emergent gameplay in in a small small sliver of, of <laughs> little New Eden here in PC because there's just a ton of other strategies and things that are going to come into play that wouldn't were never capable of coming into play before. Yeah, no, totally with you on that. Let me let me make a real quick rundown of all the changes to turrets. I'll be really quick. Uh, that'll give you time to fend off the dog that's whipping your ass right now. Um, yeah. Let's see. <laughs> Do you guys okay, have <laughs> So the 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 armor and shields have ba basically been increased. Gosh, that's, it that's looks like installation buff, not turret. Yeah, buffs. I'm sorry. It's important it, to well, that. Yeah, um, I, I know. I'm, I'm, when you read the thing is when you read the patch notes, it'll say installations. Then it says turret armor and shield. So you. It refers to them as turrets in the text under installation, so it, it can get a little yeah. confusing. So installations, uh, specifically about the offensive one, the turrets, uh, it looks like about a threefold increase in EHP. They now have a passive armor repair, which is pretty significant, actually. Uh, 5 HP for turrets, uh, CRUs 20 HP per second, supply depots 30 HP per second. That means those things aren't going away. Holy shit. Um, missile launcher installations range reduced from 2000 meters to 250 which is basically the same as on your missile tanks which that, that's probably legit uh turrets will no longer automatically shoot at any infantry that move near them hold that thought i'm gonna i'm gonna circle back on that one in a minute turret detection ranged against all vehicles reduced to 75 okay uh turrets can now detect targets in any direction okay and turrets will now Lose targets that move out of line of sight after three three seconds, and it says note uh, they still return fire any time anybody shoots at them, including infantry. So what it looks like is they can see you in 360 degrees out to a certain, I guess, range. But when it says turrets no longer automatically shoot at any infantry, will they ever shoot at infantry if you don't uh, shoot at them? I the the AI will still shoot back at whoever shoots at first. They will not automatically engage them though. And it used to be like that a, way, a while back. Um, infantry could generally come right up to, to to turrets. In other words, don't piss off the vehicle. The only issue with this is that um, here's here's the one thing is that essentially, unless uh, some, I mean, if you hack a turret for your side, the only benefit of it is if you're using it, because the likelihood. At least, uh, I mean, the the likelihood of someone shooting a turret on purpose is going to be essentially limited to stupidity, right? No. Like, no one's, uh, or yeah, who's, yeah, who's trying to go up engagement in the area? It's or trying to take it down. You vehicles know, like, and no. Well, I'll tell The first time some dude throws a forge gun round on it or a missile, like a swarm, that they yeah, it's going to tee off on them, which is that's probably legit. Right, the, the, they're not going to do that arbitrarily. You know, they're only going to do that if they're trying to take it down, right? Or because why else would you shoot at it? Like that would be the only purpose, right? Whereas before it was so feasibly, well, unless someone's trying to take it down, the fact that it's not on your side is not beneficial unless someone's manning it. Well, actually, Zatar, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like I know what I do now is I will, I will shoot at a turret to get it to look at me because I know it's not going to shoot me because I'm blue. Because remember, it'll slew the turret. It'll slew the yeah, yeah, the, the gun. Time to turret. Yeah. That's right. So it'll slew it over, and then it'll start shooting at the red that's on the other side of the box for me. So I've done that many times, and I'm kind of curious if it, if it will differentiate or if it'll just say I took fire from three o'clock and then track over any reds in three o'clock. It'll start hammering, which I, I still think that's a beautiful mechanic. The other thing this tells me is for all the little 
like cloaky scout shotgunny like you know dudes that I, I scream and cuss about like when I go and I have to go to push to talk on my comms. This means that turrets now are going to be great hunting grounds for you because you'll because you'll wait for some dude to run over there and flip that turret and you'll just hammer them. Well, another thing I'm really glad to see is the uh, the passive armor regen. It's something I've I've wanted to see for a long time because what it means is that if you start to take a turret down and are forced to leave, it's going to wrap itself back up eventually. And this is particularly important, I think, for for resupply depots, which already take quite a bit of a, a beating before they go down. And if they're going to be buffing that a lot higher, it's going to be near impossible to kill those things because you have to sit there for so long. And if you disengage, it's going to be coming back at like, like what, 30 HP a second, I think it yeah, was. It's, it's just not going to be worth trying to kill those things now. Well, I don't know about that because, I mean, well, I mean, the, are the supply depots in CRUs, they're not getting above the EHP, right? I, not that I can tell. No, no. no I think no, it's just the turret. If you're sustainably firing at it, like 30, 30 a second when you're doing over a thousand a shot is not going to be, you know, a huge deal. But it isn't going to matter if you have to back off over and over. Yeah, um, that's my point. Is it if you yeah. leave early, you're going to have to to come back and, and kind of undo there, a lot of the revving it's done. Which is yeah. Been, there well, has it, been a lot of times where a tur- where like a supply depot's got gotten heavily damaged, and then then you're you know you're maybe. You're killing the turret, and then uh, one of your teammates hacks it um, before you before you completely kill it. Now that'll come back up. That's that's one of the, the cases I see a really big change um, there because I've seen a lot of times where you're 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 shooting it, you've got it very low health, and then your your team hacks it, and your your team is using it, but then it gets destroyed by the other side really quick. Um, so Here's the, my question. How efficacious is that really going to be in a battle? The fact that they have this wrapper, like how if you feasibly got it, like even half EHP, right? Like how much EHP is that missing? It's what fifteen or twenty k total EHP that they currently have. Yeah, I mean it's it's not a huge. So I don't that think thirty that thirty a sec that, but... is going to be yeah. It's not anything, and that's that's one thing. And I'm just using that to segue into a different point. Like if one of the things that I've complained about and that I will probably bring up as a low hanging fruit for a hot fix. If it's worth it to do it, which I think it is, is that reppers repping a supply depot are not efficacious. They're just not worth it. Because um, I've had times where I've sat, you know, three people um, on a um, on a supply depot trying to keep it in an ambush from from a tank killing it, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Even with three reppers, it just doesn't heal enough for you to for it to be worth it. And it's I just think that's crazy. Like I, I think it's really really sad and pathetic. And I don't see that this is going to be a huge, a huge deterrent, um, as far as like over time bringing it back. I don't think that it's necessarily strong enough to do its job because the amount of time that it's going to take by itself at thirty a second is it's astronomical, right? That's that's like five or ten minutes, which for the most part is not, it's, I don't know. What do you think? I don't think it's meant to be a deterrent to the behavior. If you're going to destroy it, you're going to destroy it. Um, I think the big thing is if you do leave, that it starts to recover. And you know, do you feel might... like it should be a percentage then? Mm, no, that would be too. Much. No, it should yeah. never be a percentage. No, I mean it might be a little low, but I I think um it's it's a step in the right direction. I'm a big Whoa. fan of um I'm a big fan of iterative fixes myself. Um, I would rather implement a new um a new change and it be a little bit underpowered than it make things indestructible. Um. You know, and if if we need to nudge it up further, I would certainly support doing that after we see what this. So what would be like? Just just as like a concept. Did we just lose him. 
Yep. Kind of dropped out there, Z. <laughs> well, right. he, he used all the bandwidth he had tonight. That's, I'm sorry. This is how it works. Um, <laughs> that, I will say this, though. If you think about all these installations having zero passive reps now, um, you actually do have to make a conscious decision to kill these, other than turrets, by the way. Like yeah. with the CRUs and the, and the supply depots, you, you really do. You don't accidentally kill those. You can, like, drive by a turret and, and kill that thing by, you know, like without a second thought. But CRUs and supply depots, that's always been a, a conscious decision to kill that thing. And that also means that you're making a decision that you're safe enough that you can spend the amount of time, even with a large railgun, shooting that thing um, you know, to do that. But with the passive reps, uh, I think I think it's when you, you, you shoot it or you suppress it for a while. Damn you've it. almost I got, got it killed. Yeah, no, no problem, brother. The um, so when you're shooting it, but it's when you you get engaged by another tank and then you get busy and you start messing around with other targets and somebody says, "Hey, come to Bravo," and you got to pull off the de the depot and you can't kill it. And by the time you come come back to that depot, it's probably worked its way back up. So it's clearly not designed as a as a zombie installation. I don't think anybody's thinking that. But like I said, opposed to the zero that it has now, that's that's not insignificant. Um, the one thing that this did strike me is that if you are redlined, your turrets in the red line are more are much more useful in terms of trying to get you a breakout now. Because a lot of times those you know the railguns or the blasters or something like that in your red line that around your home base, your your ground spawn usually, uh, that you know generally are just warpoint candy. Those things actually might be useful now to people in the red line trying to break out of the red line, uh, or at least you know, not getting turned into chum, you know, by the way, there's my shark week reference for the, for the, for the show. Um, <laughs> nice. So nice. that, I, I mean, just throwing it out there, but th that might be a small thing, but it's probably, you know, if you're on the end of, end of a getting redlined, having a blaster or a, a large rail that you can use to swat at people as your guys are trying to, you know, infiltrate out of the red line. That's probably not a bad thing either. And I am, I am just so excited about, uh, the the buff to, to turret HP um and them no longer being uh, cheap and quick uh quick war point candy war point candy yep it's, so, it's just I'm so thrilled about it it's it's I'm, my happiest it's my happiest change of of like the last but speaking months. of war point candy and the new uh, war barge uh that's oh, what that's huge, has changed yeah. right yeah, yeah the new the new war point system for or the total number of war points required to call in an OB like that's huge, or warbar, yeah, warbars, right? Yeah, that's going to make it much more challenging to pull a solo, which which will be that'll that'll be my new fun marker now. Uh yeah, that'll be really really tough. Like, there's only a handful of logies, I assume, or I don't know. I guess if you're just like playing tank against a boatload of other tanks, you might be able to pull it out. But maybe yeah, solo yeah. bs will be really really tough. And this is also an indirect buff to, uh, in a way, to people in PC who. Um, bring their own OB support um, because orbital strike, you know, deployments and stuff. Because the number of war barges now that I assume are going to go in and in, in a PC match is going to be halved, right? Essentially. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> um, yeah, and and the the big thing, um, I think it might be a little too too high of a number where it is, but um, you know, I think we'll have to see. I don't know. What is it like 800, 850 per per player if you get a full squad? That's that's not bad. I think it just depends on what you're looking for, how many strikes you want, uh, you expect the squad to be able to call in. 
per match. Yeah. Okay. That's that's that's, a fair that's point. really yeah. that's really the purpose here that we're gauging is how many strikes do you feasibly want to a squad to be pulled? Because if if you're talking like you know some squads pulling you know twenty k and it's no big deal, but for the most part of dust, I don't think that per match. Um, I don't think that probably only one squad only one squad is going to be able to pull in 5k war points on the average um, match. I don't know if you guys disagree, but I mean, like, every I, match I, I see, I think there's only five or six people who get over a thousand war points. That's my thought. I think you'll probably see um, mostly one one war barge strike per per match um, from each side, and on rare occasion, you'll see two or three. Um, well, I, now, whether or not you know, I can see certainly see the benefits of that. It it puts a lot more reliance um, on the gunplay. Um, you won't see those sorts of awful things where um, you do effectively use you know you, you dodge a war barge strike or whatever. You come back in, you try and get back to your point you're defending, and then they drop another one. That's that'll be done. You'll never see that again. Um, you know, well, and it's also going to be a deterrent um, to people. I mean, it's not a deterrent, but it's just going to minimize the effects of, you know, if you think about it, like when you go into ambush matches, I'll take a full squad in and we put an order down and then people rep the squad lead, you know, at when the war barge goes down. And man, we can farm another just, 800 yeah, or, right or 1,000 spot, war yeah. points on the spot just from that. And so you just, you're essentially lowering the, the war point cap when you've got a smart squad that's doing things. Um, you know, when they deployed the actual war barge itself. So I think that it, it kind of, it's going to snowball a little bit um, and minimize the effects of that. And it, I th it's going to be really interesting to see the way that it plays out and the way that it affects, especially pub matches. Well, the, the it's one going to create it, party tanks being supreme yep. in a lot of ways. Drop a defend order on a multi-turreted tank and go to town. You can still earn multi-OBs that way just based on the numeric totals. It's going to happen. Well, and I don't, I don't know if that's a, that's sort of interesting. I never, that's really true, actually. I wonder if that's a, like a beneficial thing because you're going to get more, like, uh, you know, more three-person tanks. What, what do you guys think of that? Do you have any thoughts about that? Uh, party tanks are ridiculous. You can get insane amounts of war points with very minimal effort because you just, you get the multiple stacking of the, the commissions and the bonuses and the, the added percentage. Well, it's, anything it's that I would love to encourage that. I think solo tanking is a uh, is a blight and a plague upon this game. So, I, I'm just I'm just here thinking through this, listening to you guys, and it does two things. Um, just broadly, again, is uh, I, what I'm seeing is that is now further incentivizing. Uh, you better find six dudes to be in your squad. That's number one. Yep. Um, so number two, if I were going to run like the the average like my a daily squad setup, I would have one party tank, and then I and everybody that jumps out of that party tank would be heavies that can self rep, uh, and then the other three guys would probably be a mix. It'd be just you know a lodgy heavy scout team that I could just drop on a point and hold it. Uh, but then now you have in that party tank, not only are you going to accrue war points, but I watched uh, Dark Legion do this the other day. They rolled four, three or four tanks, and everybody in the tank that got out, was all but like one or two guys, were, they were heavies. So they'd roll up to a point with two or three tanks, and then they would teleport fucking you know six HMGs right in front of your face, and then blast you. Hack the point, hop back in, and then, and then they just rolled that, you know, like Blitzkrieg style. Um, 
off the top of my head, if I'm running a single squad, like just fac war or pubs or something, yeah, I'm running one party tank, a lodgy heavy scout combo, and, and you're probably going to be hard to BB right there. You can also throw an ADS into the mix for your second yep, squad. Absolutely. ADS with a Minmatar scout, hack everything. No, well, I think when you when you add that warpoint change and then you add the installation change, I think Zatara called it. You're looking at uh, like a rapidly changing gameplay uh, in Dust in terms of it's going to change the meta dramatically. I think give it about a week. Once it hits, pe people are going to adjust and it will definitely change play styles. And I'm always a fan of things that discourage solo play. I see people complaining about, oh, it's too hard to fight against full squads. And it's like, well, then don't squad alone. It's a team-based game. You shouldn't be playing solo at all anyways. So, God, I hate that, though, because one of my problems is that if I bring in a full squad of FA against you, it's not pretty. It's, and I'm not bragging at all. I just mean like versus the average team, and I'm not saying to you specifically. I have to go out in squads of three. If I go out with squads of four more, it's a red line in skirmish. Um, even if I, you know, it has to be two squads on the other team. And then that's basically the, the problem with matchmaking is that you either, if I go into one where there is two squads on the other time, then we get raped. And if it's not, you know, most of the time, it's just one squad on the other team team. And if I bring in a full squad, it's a red line. Well, I think a worthy goal is to encourage people to get out of NPC corpse and encourage them to squad up more. I, I think people who are NPC corps and, and refuse to run as a group, I think that's that's not good because it, it does cause situations like you're talking about where they get redlined. And that's not fun for anyone. It's boring as shit for you guys. It's, it's terrible for them. And I think when you've got more oh. balanced teams, it's it's a hell of a lot better. Hey, we did bring up that idea. I don't know if I don't know whose idea it was, but I mentioned I've mentioned it a few places. But um it's the idea to dump people into uh, this was I forgot about this. This was one of the ideas that we uh, came in with um, I don't remember who presented either, but we actually met and uh, and told uh, CCP Rattati about um, the idea of just dumping people from NPC Corps into a recruit channel at the beginning of their game so they could get hooked up to, to other players, you know what I mean? Instead of just being in the academy and troll a lol and only have their local and respective NPC Corp chat. Yeah, that's pretty legit. But yeah, um, not to change in here, but I agree with you, Pokey. It's, it's, you're right. Obviously, like we we definitely don't want NPC players who are not squatting up. We want to incentivize it, and I just think it's a, what I'm mentioning is just a problem of matchmaking specifically for me. But uh, overall concept, yeah, you definitely want as many squads playing together as po as possible. No, I'm, I'm totally down with that. Just kind of kind of in the interest of time, I want to push through a couple of the other topics. Um, there, I did want to touch on something that's kind of near and dear to Soraya's heart uh, is vehicles and AV. Uh, there, there's some changes to the Swarm Launcher, which I think a lot of people expected a change to the Swarm Launcher. I'm not entirely sure this is the change they expected. Um, so basically it looks like all, all three tiers will fire four missiles instead of basically tying the damage to a flat rate per missile, then increasing the number of missiles per volley. Uh, everything fires four missiles now, and then they just increase the basically the warhead, the damage for, for the warhead by tier. Uh, the net effect is at the proto level, you actually do, I, th I want to say about 48 or 50 damage less per volley. Uh, which than, is crap. Yeah, Can't which is crazy. No, 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 what they also did is they, they increased the, the base ammo number, which I... I I'm not really sure I heard anybody crying out that they that they were running out of swarm ammo, but um, frankly, I, I you know 
you can't lock and fire fast enough to go through your your ammo allotment. That's even if you haven't even put SP against it. So you do run out. You do run out because this only got a reserve of like eight I mean, or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? So you do run out after a, a few. I think it's like three or four full clips that you get, which compared to others, I think you get five or six, like on a rifle or something like that. Yeah, sure. But um, if you're not if you're not carrying a hive, if you're running AV and you're not carrying a hive, that's that sounds like a you problem, not a game problem. It well, well, here's, um, it depends because I mean, if you throw a hive down and you're sitting stationary while you're you know and you've got a and you're trying to do your job, like especially in PC, you're just asking to get viewed at. You know what I mean? So if yeah. I run a hive, I I actually blow up. Um, like I'll I'll blow up hives in PC and stuff like that because of that. Um, because you don't want to get viewed where you know because most of the time when you're playing PC AV, you're up somewhere high so that you get as cover as much as possible. Because like I said, you can't just go to an installation or something and still do your job, or you can't go to a supply depot and get and go and be effective and swap out very often. But um, you know, I I definitely it's you definitely can run out of swarm ammo, but. It's not. It's not the top issue. Um, it's not at all. And I mean, yeah, the nerfing protoswarms. I think it needed more. Of a, I think it needs a buff, um, if anything. But the big thing that it did do, which is um, at least a step in the right direction, um, is that uh, it it should be um, it should be heavily buffing militia and advanced to the point that they're relevantly useful. Or at least as relevantly useful as the proto swarm is, which is to say, still not much. Um, but the big thing is that uh, previously militia and advanced swarms weren't even worth mentioning as a threat, um, and so they've brought those up a fair bit. Um, you this know, this to mean, me. Sorry, go ahead. Finish the right. I mean, personally, I'm going to have to see a lot of the Charlie changes overall um, in practice um, before I can say a whole lot. But I still think that uh, I would like to see more love for swarm launchers. Um, I, I would love an excuse to use them again. I still feel my personal inclination is that um, swarms are in every single way imaginable completely inferior um, to forge guns. And I can't imagine why anybody would fit a swarm launcher if they can fit a forge gun. Um, but that's just me. Dude, there's – and this is – this for me is a prime example of why you balance – the meta from PC and not pubs because there is a direct, like, I mean, I think that this is truly a change that the net nerf at proto level and the, and not a buff at least like to, to proto swarms is directly because this was bounced off of, of pub numbers. If they saw the way that, that PC meta handles AV and how useless swarms are not to even speak of, of plasma cannons, they would have understood, you know, that this was going to be, not efficacious at, at making protoswarms more useful. And the thing is, is that even when we spoke about it, one of the things that, that um, you know, that seemed to be characterizing the conversation um, on the forums is that, um, you know, it was essentially, well, usually there's a lot of swarms out. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, in pubs, there's usually, you know, a lot of people tend to bring out swarms. And so the number of, of swarm kills versus dropships was fine, you know, the you know, and all of these kinds of things. But the problem is, is that, it's you need to be able to take them down faster and um i love the change to the number of missiles because you don't have to hit more missiles i think it used to be what six at proto level you had to yeah, hit that's right six so now you have to hit with less missiles but it needs to be a buff overall to dps and i'm really glad that they shelved the idea to buff uh ads ehp because i think we've all come to the conclusion um, at least on this are you sure this, about that because i'm looking at the notes it, it that's not what it says um wait did they not change that 
here's here's what I'm tracking. Uh, so I've lowered the the damage per volley on proto swarms, and I've increased the shield on Kaldari dropships by 500. So you take the least effective weapon, like the inverse of weapon versus shield, uh, and I give you more HP of that, which has a higher resist against the explosive damage. So I don't know if that makes your effective HP, but it's going to be higher than 500. And they didn't need 500, by the way. Like, when I say I can use swarms, I can kill any tank on the field. It takes me a minute, usually. Uh, but there ain't, there's not a tank I'm worried about anywhere on the field. I don't care who's rolling in it. Um, but ADSs, yeah. There's, no, there's nothing a swarm's going to do against an ADS, particularly anybody that knows anything anything like what they're doing. So what this, this tells me is that anybody not flying a shield tanked uh, dropship will be soon, and my swarms are going to be less effective against those. If they wanted to change swarms, they needed to change the missile velocity, like the flight speed, or maybe diddle with your lock-on time. Uh, because because that's what really... It needs to be flight speed. It needs yeah. to be it needs to be uh, velocity of the missile, or it needs to be ba- like base DPS, like overall just a base DPS well, jump. DP, see, DPS, like, well, let me this way. They, they don't really work on DPS. They work on alpha damage. So, like, I'm, I'm actually okay. Like, they could have actually made these changes for whatever reason, can't cook these numbers however they wanted in terms of, like, the alpha damage per volley strike. I'm actually really okay with that. What I'm concerned about is the ability for the pilot to to do two things: one, outrun my swarms when he's at a de- when he's you know at full afterburner, and he's outrunning my swarms. That's a problem. And then two, the lock range actually like they could extend the lock range a little bit, not a lot, but like like say out to 200 meters, not like 175, um, and then increase my missile velocity. And I think what you'd find is even at the current damage level per tier, like even the proposed one, which is slightly less, uh, you're going to be you know, significantly more effective against uh, dropships. You may not kill kill them, but you will certainly worry them to the point where they they have to leave and they're a lot less effective than they normally are. Well, and regardless of how they do it, the main purpose should be that, if, I mean, one of the things that for me is just frustrating is that if I fire, you know, if I see a dropship, I completely get the drop on him. He's turned in the opposite direction, and he's extremely close to me. Like I'm talking like 40 or 50 meters away, looking somewhere else. Um, I can fire off two full shots and be firing off the third. The first will hit, and before the second has even made contact, he's whizzing away. And yep. and there's just nothing. I don't think that Swarm should be relegated to um, to as a deterrent. It needs to be able to have enough force that if I catch you off guard – you can't always every time just, you know, afterburner and then hold up or hold it, you know, forward button and always zoom away. Like that should, that's just problematic to me, I, especially I because forges are just de facto because they have the range and they have the alpha damage to pursue and swarms just don't. Well, the other thing is the round coming out of the forge gun, you can't outrun it. That's the big thing for me. I mean, yeah, that's really it, what it comes it, down to. Well, you can't. You can't necessarily outrun swarms either unless you can find a convenient building. Um, that's not true. No, you that's can't. absolutely not it's, true. You can, yeah. you can you can afterburn straight up and get away from them. All you have to do is hold right on both sticks on your on your dropship while you're once you afterburner up, and it does a maneuver where essentially you you pull. Oh well, there yeah, he's gone. Oh. Trust me, whatever he no, was no, going to say. Here, was right. Sorry, okay. but essentially, it's called the ju- like judge calls it the judge maneuver on his YouTube channel. But people have been doing this since forever. But the purpose of it is essentially once you 
um, after burner up and you hold right the, the analog sticks, both of them to the right, um, if you've got enough momentum, which comes from automatically from the afterburner, you essentially flip your dropship around so that the nose of it is facing the swarms and the swarms blow up in front of your dropship and do not hurt you. That's um, yeah, not that's... only that, but it does reduce damage because it's it's hitting that portion of the dropship and not your underbelly. That sounds broken. Um, no, it's it's well, he. I mean, it's a move. It's a it's a technique. Yeah. It's it takes skill to do it. it at least a portion skill, it and it's immersion gameplay also. <laughs> it's not super difficult. It's I'll tell you, it's not super difficult, especially on a like militia dropship. It's very easy because the turn the turn differences. If you you know what I'm talking about, but. Oh, yeah. um, but yeah, it's it's not super difficult to do. It's just a maneuver that you have to learn. And once you figure it out, you'll do it every time when a swarm goes for you. Um, and it just mitigates the damage. Well, I mean, I had I had uh, you know I've had my debates. Um, you know, with I'm gonna link you on, that video on from the ground side versus the uh, versus the air side. And I I see certainly um, some of both sides of things, but I, I do feel that that. Uh, yeah, no matter how much how much I think that I should have something dead to rights with a swarm launcher, I, I dropship always seems to be able to uh, book out of my lock range before always, they're, always. they're even into armor. And uh, um, on top of that, uh, you know, I I use a forge gun now because it I don't have range problems and I don't have. Um, can I arc this around a building if he's moving, but you know, and gets behind something before I get there? I fire that forge; it's gonna hit him. Um, I can, you know, I can charge up my forge gun while behind cover. I don't have to stand out, um, you know, in in view of the vehicle to um, do a lock. Um, I, I just, I the damage is higher on a forge gun in general. I, I just don't even see why why people would fit a swarm as they are now. Um, and because they want to be able to move like it more than a, a slow mosey. Yeah, so you take a forge gun, you throw some kincats on it. This is great. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me know how that works for you. The, um, uh, the, the one thing I do want to say before we kind of bounce to a lot of changes to the machine guns, I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on that one. But uh, one thing I do want to say is like the, the only part that – well, not the only part, but the thing that actually kind of raised a, like the – tiny red flag for me was the response that I, th I don't remember if it was Logi Pro or Rattati when people were like, they basically said, Hey, what's up with these swarm changes? Uh, you know, they were citing the, you know, the damage reduction in this and the other. And, and it was like a one liner response, if I'm not correct. I, I gosh, I want to say it was Logi Pro. Um, he basically said, well, that's what the buff to the uh, damage mods were for. Now that tells me that, they have an entirely different thought process about what's going on than than what I do. If they think that it's that by buffing the the damage mods that makes that all okay, uh, that that like I said, I'm sure you probably didn't mean it that way, but that's I think how it came across in the post. Um, and, and I would encourage you guys to take a look at that. Uh, that that was a little surprising the way he responded to that. Um, moving on, just a couple of the other big ones. Uh, Loyalty points looks like they're getting a, a triple a triple magnifier, which uh, I think is probably pretty good. Uh, I, don't I think, think that's pretty enough, legit. Personally. I don't I don't think so. Well, here's what they need to do. I like, think it's ultimately, they either need to lower the cost of stuff, or you know, like I said, dramatically increase it or change how you rate your standings. Because, like I said, one proto one proto drop suit, you know, a logi suit, that's still eleven hundred LP. That's that's a lot. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I would, I, I really would like to see. Um, my personal desire would be to figure out about on a, on a winning Facor match about how many suits someone um, on average would lose, and kind of target for the winning LP to be somewhere around there. To the point that if you're good, if you're winning, you should be completely sustainable. The only way, they, the, but the only way that they're going to be able to do that though is if they move away from like a flat rate, like a uh, a victory fail rate, based, and then based on your standings. Unless they include something about individual performance, you're going to have a really hard time doing that just because of the differences well, I mean, in cost of the suits. Well, and if the differences in cost of the seats is, is you know, a, a problem to deal with in itself. But, you know, I, I think there there should be a decision point that, uh, you know, if you're if you're running Proto, your your margin is going to be small. And if, if it's, you know, if if you get a margin of profit and if you're running something like a standard suit um, and you do well, you should get a very, very high profit. Well, I, I guess the, my, you know, I agree with you, by the way. Um, and I, I come at it, come at it from, like I said, my viewpoint. So if I go like nine and, you know, like seven and two, nine and two, and, and I'm running Logi and I top the board with 3,700 war points, I, I would like to be able to at least pay for the two suits that I lost. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, in, in an ideal world, you should a player who is fairly good at the game, um, enjoys faction warfare, should be should desire to play entirely in faction warfare and be able to do that without running out, you know, of funds to buy suits. Um, I would like to honestly see um, relative, you know, and obviously there's there's really not a direct isk to LP value, um, but I think that. Didn't Somewhere they do that quit. though? I thought I thought Arrow did that specifically. Like he talked about what like compared sure. the yeah, um, he's one of the guys that did that. Yeah, but yeah, it, Arrow did it. The, the important point though is that it should. I think personally, it should be distinctly more profitable to be winning in Facwar than just average. You know, even winning or doing really anything in pubs. I think if you're doing well in Facwar, it should be better than anything you can do in a pub. So that players who are good at the game have a particular desire to play Facwar instead of pubs. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Same here. Wait, am I still here? Yes. Okay, there was just some. You were alive. I am Groot. Oh well, I I should have just told you you weren't here anymore. Oh, uh, um, I don't know if this has been mentioned. Whether I'm completely off topic, but I do hope that uh, in Delta, one of the things that we need to bring back is uh, is bring back. Plasma cannons to the conversation because as AV, they're just continue to be only pub worthy in certain situations, and they're they're not PC worthy at all. Um, and one of the things that I would might suggest is if people, if the plasma cannon community currently are satisfied with the way that it's working versus infantry, that's fine. But I would almost prefer that it was like a two shot to all vehicles, um, or maybe a three shot to all vehicles. Like two shots to all have, vehicles sounds horrifically OP. I'm sorry. May, maybe, but it needs to be alpha as all hell because of the way that, you know, like the, the fact that you have to get so close with it and the, and the way they should balance that out, maybe for, at least versus infantry, it shouldn't have any splash at all. It should be, it should basically, you know, you should only be trying to use as to hit the broadside of a barn, um, like a tank or a dropship 
Um, and you know, with with all of the detraction, uh, like like the negatives, you know, the cons to using it, it's got to have alpha as hell, in my opinion, before it's ever going to get used in a in a competitive environment. I, I think I, I actually use the plasma cannon quite a bit, and I think that the in terms of against infantry, it actually performs fairly well. I mean, you, it takes a pretty it good does. deal of aid to actually hit somebody with it, but when you do, it it nukes them, which I think is good because it is difficult to use. As now, for like, do you, as for vehicles, just, it. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just wondered. Like, can you just elaborate on that for just a second? Say, like, do you, like do you feel like you win? Uh, do you, I mean do you use it on the commando suit for the most part? Like, yes or yes, yes. Okay. I do. So, do you feel like in a in one v one situations, you're you are have just a, you know an equal chance to kill someone who has a rifle, or do you feel like it's like very hit or miss? Like, I either you know nail them or I don't nail them, and that's the end of the engagement. I basically use it, I usually lead the engagement with the plasma cannon. If I hit them, I win. If I get the splash damage, it's nice. If I miss, I switch to the rifle and, and finish them off. More often than I'm not hitting them directly, but it does happen, but not consistently, but I, that's probably a good thing. It happens enough where I feel like it's, it's reasonable. I got who, you. Has, and, who has the droid? I approve. <laughs> my brother, sorry about that. Anyway, keep going, um, Pokey. I just I just wondered about that. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, I mean, it, it actually hits the uh, it hits shield tanks that aren't hardened pretty damn hard. Like it'll probably drop most shield uh, tanks in, in two hits into the into their armor. Now, once you get into armor, it it really struggles. I mean, that's that's the nature of the, the damage profile, obviously. So, I mean, it's in terms of actually hitting tanks, they have to fuck up pretty bad for you to actually kill them with it. So, I mean, that, that's that's kind of problematic. As for LAVs, though, it's it's awesome. I love going out into the road and, and kind of having a, 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 a bullfight with them and, and having to try to run me over and then nuking them with the, the plasma cannon. So in that regard, it's fun. But like you said, for, for PC, I, I feel really uncomfortable using it. It doesn't feel nearly as viable as an actual AV weapon as, say, like a Swarm or a Forge does. Yep. I am fearful of going back to um, nerfing, nerfing against infantry just because that's what led us to our current swarms. Well, what do you mean, exactly? Swarms used to be anti-infantry uh, capable. Oh, no, I think swarms should definitely remain lock-on only. I, people are calling for dumb fire missiles, and I said that's you what know, plasma cannons for. Don't try to tread into his territory. Here's the thing, though, um, and and this is this is my personal view on one of the reasons that swarms need to be but almost almost to the level that Zatara wants to buff uh, uh, PLCs. Um, I think when you make um, out of when you take a weapon, there there's a you know how many weapons in the game, um, you know, and there is only a single weapon in the game that cannot that cannot kill infantry, um, and that's the swarm launcher. And I think if you're going to sacrifice your ability to kill infantry with your main weapon. Um, it should, at the thing that it can kill, which is vehicles, it should be the hands-down best way of killing vehicles, period. Um, because you are massively disadvantaging yourself um, against infantry to carry one. Yeah, man. It's like it's not like, pubs where, it's not like pubs where you can just, you know, oh, hey, I died. Let me just swap out because I saw some AV. You just can't do that, man, because the point, like, when you're, when you're on a 16-man team versus another 16-man team and tactics are involved, it's it's not feasible for you to you know abandon ship because you can't defend that point with a swarm launcher. Um, you're gonna get killed, and you're gonna be a a liability to that point's defense. Um, and and that's the strength of vehicles is if you can actually force someone to do you know force force another team to have to pull more AV to counter your you know your dropships, especially in the cities right now. But uh, I mean, point being that 
forge guns are the only weapon to me in PC that are that are viable as AV right now, unless you're running a Min Mando um, with a swarm launcher on towers or um, surface research lab or on the catwalks on um, on rings map. Because other than th- that, you you're just a you're just a liability when you're using swarms. You're just a liability when you're using plasma cannon. Um, forging at least you you know i can you know freaking shoot down the hallway or whatever and and i still you know can go hard at you or i can forge splash you and things like that but it's and i can alpha you you know well enough that it's going to be a you know worth it to bring it but i i don't know man that's just me okay cool cool um there's two two things i did want to touch on really quickly uh before we kind of pressed on or uh, since we're chitting about the hour 20 mark uh, looks like a lot of changes to the HMG in terms of the burst, uh, and it looks like they've also increased their their base effective range uh, out to about 52.5 meters, which sounds roughly around where the plasma rifle is. Uh, any thoughts on the HMG changes, guys? Because its effective range is being increased, I really, really think that plasma can, like plasma rifles need to be buffed within CQC range. They like currently, this is I guess this is off topic because we're talking specifically about HM, uh, HMGs. But I feel really strongly that plasma plasma rifle users are are getting crapped on compared to the other rifles, and even now, you know, potentially now by the HMG because they just do not have the benefit of doing um, strong damage within their range, and they're so outranged when it comes to other weapons. And I think this is a I think this is an, an indirect nerf to them as well. Well, I gotta, further. I gotta ask, who, who was calling for a range increase to the HMG? That's, I had not heard every that. heavy in there, every heavy who wants it to be more OP. Come on, man. Yeah, no, the the HMG is not terrible. Is actually not terrible at mid range, and it, it's it's not. It's I mean, not it's really at all. solid. And yeah. I've finished people off at long range with the thing. I mean, it's it doesn't. It does the HMG not is nasty. Problems. The HMG right now is is every bit as potent as it was in Chrome, if not more. And I have I see no reason the the thing that I'm most happy about the HMG changes actually is the burst HMG is getting a like a huge heat buildup it seems like um, because right now man you can go through so many shots and that thing is super forgiving if your aim is not spot on and I don't think it should be I think that if you're gonna have that much burst DPS you need to be accurate with it. Well, it looks like they've increased the actual burst DPS and the the overheat so it's. Not as forgiving, but incredibly lethal. Essentially, if you if you zero a guy, if you put him on the high noon circle and you hit him with the full burst, I, I don't think there's anything tanking through that. Just based on the rough numbers I'm doing in my head right here, looking at this. And that's why when in PC, if you're if you're expecting to go up against another heavy, almost all really really talented heavies, they only bring burst HMGs in PC now because you're right, they're they're just deadly, man. If you can aim worth a crap. No, that's totally legit. Any anybody else any thoughts on the HMG? The damage uh, increasing the amount of damage compression, basically how much damage you're getting in a very short amount of time with the burst, will make it even a far more deadlier anti infantry almost anything, including other enemies. Yeah, I almost feel like it needs a nerf. I, I'm sorry to say this, but I, I, I hate to be the guy that's like calling out the HMG for a nerf because everyone's gonna QQ from from Chrome on where everyone that's been using HMG from from after Chrome, but I, I I feel like the burst is just a little freaking OP. Well, being specific is is also key with any of these things because it harkens 
getting back to the days of the Logi roll nerf in response to the Cal Logi racial bonus. I've always been very meticulous about trying to say what we're talking about because the burst and the general HMPG don't in anywhere near the same manner in most cases. All of that being said, range increase is somewhat surreal to me because it was almost top of my list for potential points to scale back the HMG just a touch. Um, before Charlie, it feels pretty solid for the most part, but a slight tone down as an HMG user did seem to be in order. And some of these changes, I don't know, we'll see how they play, but a range increase feels very odd to me as a direction to go. Yeah, no, I would totally, totally agree with that. Uh, now, that being said, you know, I don't run heavy, so I don't want to, uh, I mean, it just off the top of my head is like, I, I get killed by those things, you know, at, at pretty good range now, you know, and, and this goes back to my comment, you know, anytime when people talk about short range and long range stuff, the reality is that the vast majority of engagements, uh, you know, the lion's share are definitely within, you know, the range of, of the both combatants. It may be at the edges of both of them, but normally I, I suspect, and this is just my gut feel is the, the majority of engagements between two individuals is well within the range that they can both affect the other player. Um, so this is, this is where I kind of, I know it's a, it's a huge dance that they do with DPS and range and X, Y, and Z with the mechanics, but uh, it's, it's one that I don't know they'll ever be able to get right. Cause I don't know that you can get it right. Cause I don't think you're going to, I just don't see this being uh, uh, somebody finally saying, all right, we got it all right. Everything's good. Uh, just there's a lot of weapons and it's uh, it's a continual cycle. So in, in a way, I kind of expect it. But, yeah, that kind of took me by surprise when they increased the range. Um, the one the, really the only big thing that we haven't talked about is the drop suits um, and, and particularly with the assaults. Uh, they looks like he took a well, huge clean sweep Jason, broom through those. Yeah, go ahead, please. Can I actually um, can I make one final comment on HMGs yeah, that yeah, I, please I, do. I forgot to mention? One thing about the HMG range buff is I, I can just by a show of hands, and maybe not hands, but verbal hands. Um, how many of you see freedoms about when you're uh, of all the HMG use? How many of you see freedoms? I see boundless quite yeah. often. Boundless, steel mine. Boundless. Yeah. Okay, so nobody, nobody ever sees freedom or, or any of the rarely. assaults. Very rarely. Well, the only freedom thing I've ever seen is mass Yeah, you're never going to see them anymore either, because this is actually a nerf to them further. Instead of encouraging their use by by you know telling people, hey, dude, if you want to shoot further, you need to use the freedom. This is actually a nerf to it. Oh no 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 no! It says changed base effective rate of all HMGs at all tiers to fifty two point five. The next sentence says assault HMGs still have increased range over basic inverse variants, but they're never going to need to swap over to it because the range is just fine on the other. Ones. No, no, I'm with you, but now, like, what are, what are the assaults shooting out to now? Like sixty some odd, like combat rifle range. You're never gonna need that's, it. That's that's. Well, know? I don't know, man. I mean, over it, the DPS, you're gonna miss out on in CQC. It's just you're you're no, the reason you're not seeing them enough right now is because HMGs as a as a medium range weapon are just it's not it's not worthwhile to people already. And I don't I think that this okay, is a direct yeah, no, nerf to it saying. overall. Yeah, yeah I. I I'm with you on that. I was just it just dawned, dawned on me that well clearly well they can shoot out even further, which is even less HMG like than what we're used to. Uh, but the that assault HMG compared to pretty much any other weapon other than other heavy machine guns, still pretty badass. No, yeah, no, I agree with you. 
but then again, right, if you're if you're using an HMG in the first place, you have the capacity to run those other ones that are going to be, for all intents and purposes, better. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, so we, we got to dive onto the drop shoots just because that's a that's a that's a big sweeping change uh, in terms of w- what they're doing to those things. Um, the as I'm just going to flip through, and this is really the assault suits. So they're buffing the HP on all the suits a little bit, uh, which is probably good. Uh, when I say all suits, I'm just talking about all assault suits. Uh, and they also have basically a now a frame-centric slot layout set. This is where a lot of the debates went back and forth, um, you know, across the board. And there's been some CPU and PG changes uh, across uh, for assaults and sentinels, uh, by and large. Let's see. All racial assault drop suits will also now give a five percent reduction in PG CPU requirements to grenades, in addition to the light and sidearm weapons. So that's that's actually not bad. That's that's a little bit further in terms of a roll bonus, but it, in terms of a fitting set. Uh, so Sentinels, yeah, new slot layout for the Sentinels, and looks like uh, PG CPU adjustments, which the Sentinels definitely needed. And then racial scout skill bonus has clearly been adjusted, which that, that could be its whole whole on topic when you start pulling into the uh, the scout community. But we'll, let's focus on the assault. God damn it. On the uh, we'll focus on the assaults and the sentinels real quick. Uh, what do you guys think about the the changes to those two suit sets? Well, real real, real quick, um, I've always said that commandos and assaults were redundant, and we're kind of seeing the assaults pushing it more towards commando levels of HP. I think that's going to really kind of help solidify the role a lot and make them more viable because the commando really does play like an assault now. So I'm I'm really happy to see that. Uh, this is probably a topic for a different different day, but I'd also like to maybe next week take a look at the lodges and make sure that they aren't totally left behind in terms of the HP because the assaults are getting quite a significant buff. I think it's about a 100 HP overall for all the suits. So that's that's a big deal for the medium frames as a whole. Yeah, I think that's one concern that I have as well, is that um, they, I mean, one of the biggest reasons um, to buff EHP overall for assaults, um, especially on the base stats, which I thought was really smart, is because that, you know, this it needs to be a larger gap between light suits and medium frames. And there needs to be, a you know, a reason for you to sacrifice all of the benefits that you get as a scout for that extra stuff that you do get as an assault. And um, I think that, you know, right now what they've done is really made it so that assaults are going to shine in comparison and have strengths and weaknesses versus a light, versus, uh, light suits. But I think that Logis are going to need to be revisited as far as EHP overall as well be- because they're still comparable um, to light suits for the most part unless you fully HP stack. Yep, I'm going to have to agree with Pokey and my uh, council bros on that one. That one of the standout issues there is the potential repercussions for support roles in Logi suits. But the rest of it, I'm pretty intrigued to see how it plays out. There are enough possible meta tweaks between the shift in base HP and the potential EHP shift with slot layout changes that it should be intriguing to see what the meta does in the future. I think it'll be. Um, there will probably be some surprises whenever you throw this much of a change at players. There's almost always something that happens that isn't expected. Yeah, I mentioned one specific layout that we that somebody had come up and mentioned to me on ProtoFits for Cal Assaults, this next build. They're going to have, what is it, two de- two second shield delay with like 600 shields total or 700 shields total. 
Um, I think it's like 680 or something. And in addition to that, you're going to have a 50 shields a second recharge because you can fit it an energizer on there as well. And that just sounds like amazing as an assault too. Sounds okay. beastly. <laughs> well, that, that's and that's I think what the assaults needed. Now, uh, what I'd like to do is kind of we'll kind of wrap this up, and I think we still got some material for next week. We got to talk about. We want to dive a little bit more into uh, the Sentinel changes, which you know, like I said, I think there's a particularly in the realm of the PG and CPU. There's a lot of good stuff that they needed to. Well, there's a lot of stuff. Let's whether we call it good or not, we'll get into that, but. There's definitely some tweaks that they needed to make. Um, my just sort of like gathered thoughts on the assault suits are: I think, I think I like the direction he went. He didn't overdo anything, which is what we're normally concerned about. Uh, and I think it was a very measured approach. Now, this actually, I think, will lead us in something that we can talk about next week. Is now that you now that we've made a clear adjustment to one half of the medium frames and a clear adjustment to the primary heavy frame where you know where does that leave scouts because they did do a lot of skill bonus changes to the scouts so that i think that'd be a really good thing to touch on uh so basically i mean if you look at it the only suits suits that really didn't get touched were the commandos and the um and the lodges and i think they're not going to mess with the the commandos too much in the future uh just because there's too many overlaps between that and different areas but the one one thing that I'm concerned about is it makes me wonder what they're going to do with the lodges or what should they do because now they've basically set the table with all of the other suit styles or the classes, if you will. What does that mean for the support class? Where where should it fit and how should they keep it viable without crushing it or making it OP, which, you know, that's that's how that goes. So I think next week what we can do is we can lead off with a discussion on the drop suit changes and really what does that mean Um and hopefully by next week, maybe we'll know about when Hotfix Charlie is going to drop, which I think would be even even better. Um, let's see. What what I think we can probably do now, guys, unless anybody has got any parting shots, we can, you know, if you, if you do, pipe in now. Uh, we can kind of go through shout-outs. And the thing I'll ask you if you want to go through shout-outs, just because we said we were going to do it last week, but we'll do it this week. So if you've got your your favorite uh, Guardians of the Galaxy character slash Marvel Universe character or or any pop culture analog for anybody famous in Dust or at least famous to you that you want to make, feel free as part of your shout-outs to do that when you give a shout-out to them. Uh, so I'll give everybody a second to think about that one. Can I go um, first? Can we go from the bottom up? Yeah, absolutely. We could certainly do that. So with the first shout-out and uh, the, the, the first – Homage to the Guardians of the Galaxy. I would give you Zatara Rod. I am Groot. No, uh, this is Zatara and uh, signing out tonight. And I'd just like to uh, give a brief shout out to my homie Skeletor Voltron and TTW3X and uh, Dareth Eridor for carrying the uh, the FA flag through the summer months while I've been gone off on vacation numerous times. And uh, thanks so much for all the hard work you guys have put in. Awesome. Okay. Uh, let's see. And Sirazel? Yeah, um, I am going to give a shout out to, um, uh, the goons that I chilled with, um, this, this weekend. Um, I was at a, uh, goon meet, uh, in Wisconsin, and, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, there was significant amounts of alcohol, of which I did not partake, but it was, uh, nonetheless amusing. Um, and, uh, shout out to, uh, Scion, who is a, uh, CPM or uh, not CPM CSM member who um, I got to meet this weekend. So um, we had a nice chat. That was cool. Um, 
And uh, also a shout out to uh, CCP Rotati for uh, making me get up at 5 a.m. Um, <laughs> that's all I've got. And uh, I, I I got nothing on the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. I'm sorry. Um, but but kudos to Zatara for um, uh, finding a way to uh, insist on the name of the episode. So <laughs> well done. <laughs> okay, um, Pokey. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen the movie yet, so I can't really speak for that. I'll probably pick that up this week. But uh, shout out to my corp, OSG Planetary Operations. Uh, shout out to Derry, who is actually in the middle of a move right now, so that's why he couldn't uh, come and stream for us this week. And we'll we'll see if he's available next week. But uh, we always appreciate him, and he's here in spirit. So uh, thanks, guys. Okay, cool. Iron Wolf. This is Iron Wolf Saber, and I'd like to give a uh, shout out to all the guys in SFG uh, giving me entertaining throughout the week, and um. Keep me up to date to a couple of trends. So, and I have need to put uh, Guardians of the Galaxy on things I need to must watch this week. Excellent. And Cross. Well, uh, first and foremost, shout out to our fellow council bros over in the CSM9. We've already had some interesting conversations with those cats, and I look forward to collaborating with all of you in the future. Be they from ground or space, I think all council bros are blue. So keep getting it done, guys. Uh, shout out to CCP Rattati for actually making that crazy hour meeting the brain at that hour, but he's very engaging and interactive. So appreciate that, CCP Rattati. To OSG, obviously, you guys keep the game fun. Appreciate you uh, keeping me honest and engaged rather than just in my own theory headspace. And finally, a shout out to Star Lord, whose um, musical taste will prize the intro music for next week's episode because I say so. Well, good luck with that. It it shall be done. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is Jason Larison, and I, I really appreciate uh, everybody you know having a good chat tonight. It's a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, sometimes sometimes the ones that aren't streamed are actually usually some of the more fun ones. Uh, we did have a stealth guest uh, who will probably join us. I suspect next week uh, we'll have a, a special guest uh, on next week, or at least not specials, but just somebody we all know and love. Uh, it's okay, but uh, she's currently stealthing us right now. She's cloaking camping. Uh, it, those of you on the east side, you know that you know what I'm talking about. I'm waiting for a smart bomb to hit me. Um, so w- with that, uh, let's see shout outs. Uh, I would like to shout out, and this is going to be a little bit odd, but there is a town called Gig Harbor up in uh, up in Washington, and uh, for, for a lot of people that you know, some some of you know me, I'm actually I'm active duty military. Uh, this uh, town called Gig Harbor actually did a basically a, not a fundraiser, but they sponsored a picnic slash organizational day for. Uh, uh, for the unit that I'm in uh, here this weekend, they raised probably thirty thousand dollars. They you know fed you know well over a thousand soldiers and their family uh, you know with some really good barbecue, put on huge like softball football tournaments, all kind of good stuff like that. But it was a really really neat community outreach thing. So uh, just a kind of a, a shout out to the town of Gig Harbor uh, in uh, Washington State. Uh, like I said, a little, little, little off my, my normal beaten track there for shout-outs, but would like to throw that one. Uh, and in my homage to Guardians of the Galaxy, and I called this in the pre-show, uh, to, to Judge Radamanthus, I, I now call you Ronan the Accuser. I, I can't think of anything that would, that would probably work better, plus he's got the snazzy British accent, so I think that, that, that dials in really nicely. Um, other than that, uh, I really appreciate everybody coming on the show tonight. It's always fun. Uh, we ran a little bit longer than we than we wanted to, which is kind of like you know, kind of what we usually do. Uh, 
but it was a lot of fun. And I think what we've done is we've teed up some cool topics for next week. Uh, and hopefully we'll get all of you guys back on and get another CPM update. And we'll dive into some talk about drop suits, hopefully talk about when Charlie's coming out. And, you know, whatever the random stuff that, that we want to pitch out there to you is. Uh, and as always, anybody that listens to this on iTunes or YouTube or whatever, feel free to hit us up uh, on Skype, hit us up on Twitter, the forums, wherever. Uh, always let us know if there's something you want us to talk about or if you want to tee up directly to the CPMs. And I, I think that's something that I'll, I'll explore is maybe gathering some direct questions for the CPMs. We'll read your name and everything, so it's it's all legit. Uh, you know, we like can just crash the show and, and we, picture, we do that a lot. Right, right on the show. So and, and I'm sure we can we can we can do that on occasion. We can have open. Don't open be shy. Mic get a microphone. Come join us. Um, it's lots of fun. Absolutely. So we'll only mic, haze you a little bit night. if you're new. Open mic night is coming. We're going to have to do that. Um, and with that, guys, I think we're going to bring this episode to a close. Again, really appreciated it. And uh, we'll see you guys all next week. I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> that's better. No, holy shit, that's good. Saber hit it. <laughs>